everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Live with your hosts, Ben and Rob. A woman has a near-death experience and visits heaven and hell. Did she confirm that zombies are real? The Chinese Communist Party, also known as the CCP, plans to mass-produce human-like robots in its next attempt at world domination. Is the world's first AI human robot CEO a taste of what's to come, or is it just a sick joke? New information about Viking history shifts modern perceptions. Were they really backward barbarians or actually sophisticated people? Tune in for Rise.TV exclusive segments as well as a live Q&A and the top 10 weirder news of the week to keep you laughing. Yeah, this week was, the week was long, but Friday means it's fun. It's Friday Night Live. So we'll see you out on the edge. How you doing, Rob? Good, Ben. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. Good. Well, hey, are you guys listening to the Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere? Well, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. And remember to like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you may be watching us on. <laughs> that is true. So we... Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, Ben, how's your week? Good. Yeah, uh, pretty good. You know, good. Uh, after being in Ohio, and now I'm uh, actually in Las Vegas right now for an event for a conference, wow. actually. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a very last minute thing. I just decided to kind of come. And um, is it yeah. true what they say, Ben? What, about Las Vegas? <laughs> it, it, what happens, what in, happens Vegas? in Vegas? Does it stay in Vegas? I don't know. I, you know, this is only the. Uh, I think I've only been to Las. This is only my, my my third time in my life coming to Las Vegas. So I've never been. You haven't. No. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Right. It's just. Las is Vegas. it weird? Um. Not. I mean, it kind of depends. I, I like this is. I, I think like when I, I was a little bit younger and um you know being here I I forgot how like compact everything is like everything's just like right together in this area. Okay. Um. You know, it's it's like I, I can definitely see if you if you like, you know, going out and doing things and all this stuff, but everything's very expensive. So is it? Yeah, you know, just getting like water, you know. I, I, was, I was just trying to go to Target just to like uh try to find some yeah, you know, go to Target and get things a little cheaper there. But um but they, they do have a lot of things just like out on the strip and everything else. And, and but this the sphere is here, you know. So I want to go get some video of the sphere. I saw it coming in, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I haven't. I I it it must be be kind of behind some of the buildings because I can't really like see it directly. But yeah, so Elon Musk of- was at the opening, and he I watched some interview with him, and he was saying I think it was on the Joe Rogan show. He was on that recently, and he said it was like infinitely better than a movie like it was so much better than going to see a film like it was the craziest thing wow yeah Yeah. because i I don't know if it's like open daily or how it really works so i definitely want to want to check that out and see it um well hey uh what's up with these uh dinosaur eggs here yeah so kind of get into this um so scientists discovered perfectly preserved dinosaur embryo inside a fossilized egg. Now the image on the left there is kind of like a, I think it's kind of like a rendering of what it 
potentially. It looks like the one on the right is what they think it looks like. Yeah. The one on the right is actually the image. So that, that one is just a rendering. So um, it's, I guess it's from like an ostrich looking feathered dinosaur estimated to be as far back as 72 million years old. So, you know, typically by this point in time, most eggs are so like, what I want to say, you know, um, petrified or whatever. They're just like solid rock at that point. You know, you break it open and you're not really going to find too much inside of it. Yeah, Maybe how did like they get this? Bone structure. Um, they, they, they just, I guess it was just found. They don't, I don't know if it really goes into where or how, but it, 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 they just said it was one of the most complete dinosaur embryos ever found. Um, it says about 27 centimeters long. And so the image on the, on the left there shows what, it, like the position, the exact position that it's in. Cause you can't really tell from the image. But why, the why did the artist put this like fur, fur, this like bird fur on it when they have no idea whether or not that's what it looked like. See that, that's what that bothers really me. Interesting about that. Right. Like, why would they do that? So I feel um, like that's just misleading already. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's I think they're trying like in some way, like through the image, they're trying to make the point that these things were most like birds, but or more like birds. And this is evidence somehow. But like, come on. So it was found in China and um, I guess in the year 2000. So I, I don't know why it's just coming out now that they found the uh, yeah you know that that's what's kind of weird it about took it. them it took them <laughs> 23 years to crack the egg open and oh oh so it was just in a storage in a cupboard in a storage in a, in a chinese museum so it was just like randomly in this like you know storage center and then somebody went through it and then end up finding it and that's why it's just now coming out so so we're are, are there areas of China where dinosaurs are actually found? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, that's been one of the the complications with with finding complete dinosaurs in China because in in Chinese culture, see, like, what's interesting is they they still called them long, like basically dragons. You know, it wasn't sure. really in because they are. That's yeah, it wasn't are. until like the more of the Western aspect came along, and then. Now they kind of call them, you know, drag. I forget the or dinosaurs. I forget the the Chinese word for them. But the thing is that most most Chinese people that that would find anything like this, they would actually make bone broth soup out of it. So that's why there's not a lot. So like a lot of the skeletons are incomplete, or like some of the sites, like you, you know, if if like a random Chinese person, you know, owned a farm or something and then found dinosaur bones, they're not going to call anybody and say, "Hey, I found this." It's like, oh my gosh, you know how much this is worth when you make soup out of it? <laughs> so Yeah, but there's no marrow in there or anything that they they still would find ways to either make soup it. or boil it or cook it with other things, you know, throughout throughout the, the generations they were kind of doing Are you pulling my leg here? Or is this actual what they would no, do? This is this is this is true. This is this is true. That's why they they, they have dinosaurs in China, but um but no, this this was a this was a thing. I, I don't think they do it anymore. But back in the day, they, they were definitely doing this. Yeah, for I, I feel like that's really 
cliche. I don't know. She's cliche or something for some reason. <laughs> well, the the reason why would be it's because like they, they, they man, come on. These are like giant. You know, um, yeah. There you go. Dinosaur bones used used to make soup in China. So th this was this was a big thing because because you know the they Chinese them into powder for traditional medicine, believing yeah. that they were flying dragons and had healing powers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. This was a very big thing. And people naturally believed in dragons in China. It wasn't like a superstition or anything else. So they honestly believed that a lot of these dinosaurs were dragons. And this is this is how they would, um, I, you know, because they, they, they felt like by eating this, it's not about the marrow or anything, but it's like you would get the elements or, you know, whatever you yeah, would, say what, of, what happened if you ate a dinosaur bone you turn into incredible hulk or something yeah that's what they you know or whatever it is gives you energy gives you um some kind of like i mean you know whatever 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 it was it was their yeah. version of viagra is what you're trying to say <laughs> yes, you could say that too you're kidding. <laughs> well, well well you know they, they, they just believe that there was multiple healing and uh you know benefits for the body which is why like it was so common in fact it was so common that the chinese government once they took over they had to issue like a, a statement saying like don't eat this like contact us we'll put this in <laughs> we can make money off this yeah see i mean that was really it i mean they don't care if you're right that or not but okay well if yeah, you guys like this uh weird news tune in later in the show for the rise.tv exclusive segment the top 10 weirder news of the week only on rise.tv i've got a pretty cool metaphysical minute for you ben cool yeah That's so a, a woman says what i forgot she had an opening sorry um, yeah, so a woman says she escaped the grasps of hell in a near-death experience. This is really fascinating. All right, so Miss McDaniel was diagnosed with acute respiratory distress syndrome, lung failure, and doctors told her that she had about a 38% chance of surviving. They put her in a medicated coma and told her family and her to hope for the best. Now, in the coma, she got a glimpse of hell and then heaven. First, while her body was in the coma, she said she was awake in a dark space. A red glow was present somewhere in the distance, and she was hit with an awful stench. She could hear screaming and moaning. She said hell was always dim, quote, just enough light to be spooky, she said. A voice bellowed, do you know where you are? When she answered hell, the voice chuckled. She turned away. Uh, and ran and ran. She didn't care if she dropped into a hole or ran into a wall. She had to get away from there. She cycled through scene after scene of destruction and horror. She saw a destroyed New York City and a demon that taunted her with impossible tasks. She said, there were jobs that they wanted me to do that I found immoral, disgusting. I just wouldn't do it. And every time I would say, I'm not going to do it. Every time she refused, though, someone would say, you have no idea what you're doing. Every time you refuse, it just gets worse. A club would be raised, and when it came down, Miss McDaniel closed her eyes. When she opened them, she'd be somewhere even worse. Near the end of the cycle, she was walking down a road when she saw 20 people walking aimlessly. They had ragged clothes, and their skin was rotting. 
She was knocked down and assaulted by these zombie-like creatures. They told her that she would get sicker and sicker, but that she couldn't die just like them. Tired of running and out of hope, Miss McDaniel sat down. It was one of the worst days she'd ever experienced, and she asked one demon whether something was going on. The demon replied, listen to this, it's Christmas on Earth today, and that's always the worst day in hell. Hmm. So Miss McDaniel decided, yeah, that she wasn't going to take her situation sitting down. She started to sing a Christmas carol. She knew it would annoy the demons. She closed her eyes, and the next thing she knew, she was filled with the feeling of love. She was suddenly in a cathedral looking at a friend of hers who died of leukemia, but he had a full head of hair and he looked healthy. Mary Kay, he said, you have too much left to do. She was told she had to return. Miss McDaniel went to a beautiful meadow to come to terms with what had happened. She was angry she had to return. That's when the lights went out again. She woke up in the hospital weighing just 86 pounds and unable to move after losing so much muscle mass. Her near-death experience had pretty was had been pretty traumatic, and it took her 10 years to share her story. But over time, she realized her mission was to come back and share her experience. She wrote a book and explained that she believes we are all from the heavens and everyone is playing the role that was determined for them. Quote, we, we all start off in heaven. We were expatriates of heaven. We come down. We do our work here on earth. Unquote. And then this is not real. This is an illusion. And we wrote the script for our play. We're playing it out. It's a it's a role. And when things get sticky, I think, okay, what am I supposed to learn? Hmm. You know, you know, it's it's really interesting because I I I saw this movie uh, just last week called um, After Death. And it's by the same people that did. uh, It's the Angel Studio. They did the Sound of Freedom. Hmm. And I thought it was just a, I thought it was a movie actually about near death experiences, but it's, it was actually a documentary, but it was absolutely amazing. Really? And yeah. And, and one story, I think we, one story they shared, I think we, 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 we shared it one time on some edge of wonder episode, but um, the other ones I've never heard of. And these were some of the more insane stories where where it's like a woman going over a waterfall getting and then her boat got stuck underwater and they didn't pull her out for a half hour wait she was dead for over a half hour yeah she was underwater for a half hour and and she's like telling the story and you're like wait a minute how is this person alive telling the story That's not like, what happened you know like and yeah. then yeah so so these were like really really crazy stories and most of them um, all had a very positive experience, mm. uh, you know, all, all seeing like a um, divine light or some kind of like divine being, God or, or Jesus or something like that. And they all had a very similar thing. And actually, it starts out with a guy who um, who is like a uh, some kind of um, doctor or, or he wasn't a surgeon, but uh, some kind of doctor of, of something like a lung doctor or something. And he, he was started investigating these in the sixties and seventies. And he's like, you know, that's when medicine got a little better. And, and before that it was harder. Like if someone died, you know, they, they pretty much died. Well, he mentioned, it's really fascinating that we call this re- resuscitating somebody instead of resurrection, because if someone dies, 
you know, it's like in a sense, you're almost like resurrecting that person instead of like resuscitating that person. That is an interesting way to think of it. Yeah. And, and he has a very, you know, he came at it from like, this is nonsense. This is complete nonsense. So he spent, um, he, he interviewed 4,000 people. And at the end of it, you know, he came to the conclusion that he's like every single one of these people all had a very similar experience, you know, and he was trying to think like, why are people having these delusions when, when, when they're going through like a death situation? And one of the really crazy parts was a, uh, a blind person, a blind girl who died and she came back to explain, trying to explain birds and grass. And she was so amazed by like birds and feathers. <laughs> she was describing you know? what she saw and she's never seen anything before. She's never seen anything like that before, you know, that's crazy. So it was really, it was really fascinating, but, but there was one scenario where a guy went to, basically went to hell and, you know, we were talking about zombies in our last episode, you know, and kind of, and I started thinking like, I wonder where zombies really came from. But then I started like the way this guy describes it, it was like these beings that were cloaked and then eventually they just start eating him. <laughs> and he's like, it's like, he said they were like his eye, they were like eating his eye and like his body parts and they were ripping his arm off and then like eating his arm after they ripped it off and everything else. And, um, that sounds he, awful. Yeah. It was, he said, he just said it was like horrible. And, and he's like, he started going through his whole life and then like, um, he wasn't really a believer in anything. And he just remembered this old memory as a child. And he just like thinks about it and gets like pulled out of there. And um, he like sees like his whole life being played like a movie in front of him. And then he was told that he needs to go back to earth to, to um, like bring to love. your mission. Like bring love and compassion back to earth, you know, and share his experience and whatnot. And so, yeah. So anyway, that that's what, you know, and it's just fascinating because he's in this documentary. So honestly, um, if you guys haven't seen it, it's called After Death. I would highly, highly recommend this movie. It, it's it really is pretty like life changing. It really makes you think about a lot of things. And, and, um, mm. and they come at it, especially the first half of the movie. They really come at it from like a scientific angle of like here okay we're, we're going to explain like the science it's kind of combining the science and the spirituality of it because they're, they're like we can actually explain this with spirituality it's not just like you know cut off with science and and they interview like scientists that have an open more open mind about it you know so i think they they did it very 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 well at the end of the movie it's a little bit more um <clears throat> You know, it's kind of uh, Christian and I don't want to say like really super Christian, but religious. Yeah, it gets a little like towards the end, you know, but um, but other than that, I, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. So, um, yeah. And then we're going to come out with a whole near death experience episode. Soon, oh, too. yeah. So, um, you know, all of this was just kind of I, I didn't even know, you know, I wasn't even like planning that. So, yeah, definitely. I, I would highly recommend checking it out it's really cool it's in the, i think it's still in the theaters and everything so yeah and if you guys aren't psyched about that near-death experience or those near-death experience episodes we're coming out with you should be because 
even our own Lindsay had a story. In <laughs> that is true. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. We need it. We're going to show a trailer and we get back. We'll talk about um, weird, crazy robots. And AI. Indeed. And that was the time that I had the near death experience. Elizabeth Taylor floated above her lifeless body. Tracy Morgan had a conversation with his dead father. And Steve Jobs said what on his deathbed? Near-death experiences are so common, millions of people have reported them. From visits to heaven and hell to Hollywood stories, this is a rabbit hole that goes deeper than we ever imagined. And what about the after-effects of near-death experiences nobody tells you about? What kind of supernormal abilities are people reporting? And why do scientists suddenly care if it's all easily explainable or just nonsense and spiritual talk? Get ready for an epic journey into the craziest, the weirdest, the most fantastic, and the most beautiful information we found looking into NDEs. It's the journey of a lifetime, or should we say, after lifetime. Near-Death Experiences Part 2, Celebrity Edition, only on edgeofwonder.tv. So yeah, you guys, you can find that over on rise.tv. Um, so we, we did an old near-death experience series that we have, and then we're going to rele be releasing uh, a new one, especially for the holidays, Christmas and whatnot. And then um, and on top of all the other series that we have over on Rise TV, countless series that we have. So Yeah, it's really um, it really w changes things when you're – I think people should be consuming – rise tv more often i'm not <laughs> this is not uh this is not just a pitch for rise tv but the re the whole purpose of rise tv is specifically to open you up to like i think the real world yeah because we're, we're blinded by what we're seeing in front of us every day we go to work you know nine to five you're you're trying to make money for the you know you're working for the man and then you you know you don't you don't necessarily interact with that spiritual side of yourself as much mm -hmm. as you should. And we're kind of trying to be here to tell you guys like, Hey, that's there all the time. And, um, and the near death experiences are just, they'll just change. They can change your life. Just reading those, you know, or, or, um, consuming more content like that. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing stuff. And, and I think, you know, with near death experiences, I really feel like people get what they need. Like, I've heard so many people having near-death experiences where they've gone and seen beautiful things, and then others where they've seen really not very nice things. Mm -hmm. And I usually, when people are seeing those not very nice things, whatever it was, changed their life in a really positive way. Like, it really yeah. did. So and set them, on, set them on a really special path. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't be afraid of the, of the bad, I think. Sometimes those things are for a reason too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually, I met, uh, I just met a guy here at this conference who, who came up to me and he's like, you know, I've been watching you since your very first episode on edge of wonder. Right. 
like seriously he's he's like yeah, i saw your first episode and he, and he's like it was it was like a saturday ritual for me saturday morning you know it's like everyone's watching cartoons or whatever and, and he's like saturday morning i would wake up you know make breakfast put you guys on and and i did that for for you know still doing it so, like, wow that's such a compliment that's crazy man i was like i feel wow. kind of weird about that like, yeah, I know. it's not like, in a bad I, way just yeah i know it, it does make you it's kind of like wow like that's kind of it's like it's like oh i'm sorry you, you like see that much of me yeah but no so it, it was yeah, yeah that was kind of uh it was, it was moving though. It was like, yeah, I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. You know, thank you for sharing that. But, uh, yeah. but you know, but, as nice as all of that stuff in the metaphysical world is, uh, is, is to talk about, <clears throat> it's time to talk about robots. Robots. <clears throat> China unveils a plan to mass produce human-like robots, calling it new engine for growth. <laughs> what part of this headline is not terrifying? when it comes to the CCP saying this. So <laughs> China is setting out to mass produce human-like robots in two years, an ambitious plan that, according to a blueprint issued by the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, it hopes will make the regime in Beijing the leader in the field of robotics, which we all know, of course, is far-fetched seeing how they can't even build a car. <laughs> and they're going in to try to build robots for the world. Um, but it, it, it does make sense. I mean, their goal, <clears throat> you know, if they're, if they're looking for world domination, the goal here is they want to establish an innovation framework for humanoid robots and ensure that the country can make core parts of the robots on its own. The products under this um, Ministry of Information, Industry and Information Technology plan <clears throat> will meet advanced international standards and quality for use in harsh environments, manufacturing and service sectors, according to the directive, like smartphones, computers, and new energy vehicles. Humanoid robots have the disruptive. This is the this is what they said. <laughs> humanoid robots have the disruptive potential to revolutionize people's lives, the document said. Like anytime the CCP is writing into their copy the word revolutionize, I'm getting a little bit worried here. Yeah, really. Well, we're gonna we're gonna share a story in weirder news later about um, a South Korean, uh, basically a robot that killed a person. <laughs> well, that's that's lovely. Yeah, we're gonna get into that and what exactly happened there. And, More positive uh, stories here on Rise. Yeah, this is this is what kind of uh, scares me, you know. And actually, I, I was listening to that Elon Musk and Joe Rogan interview, and. Um, yeah, it's just one of the things that that Elon is really worried about is um, is is who's building the AI programs. Well, well the, in the the software end, like the infrastructure of yeah. it. Like so, it basically what you and I have been talking about for like over a year now yeah, is I mean yeah. is the the training materials that these are getting. If in his in his words, he's saying, hey if the training materials are being um, rolled out by these people with a very set, um, like with a set standard of what life is, 
and and how we as human beings should be. I mean, these are people that believe in certain things that we all might not believe in. And then not, might not. We definitely and, don't believe in I know. It. I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> well, anybody that, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about, like, yeah, I mean, like, you he know. He gave the you... example, of course, of climate change, for instance, right? And like how, like everything revolves around climate change for them right now. And he's well, like, you, you know. Eugenics was the big one. Yeah. Eugenics. Yeah, you know, like, like, like if if there's people building these things that really truly believe in eugenics then it's like where's yeah, like where's this the, gonna go the new york times that that goofy article they had a couple of weeks ago about this guy who thinks like humans basically should be wiped out <laughs> because like because we're a parasite on the earth and these yeah that's literally what he says yeah, they actually believe humans are a parasite on the earth and they're the ones rolling out the training materials for these ai like that's gonna go well yeah, and I have to say, Joe Rogan made a funny comment. He's like, well, why doesn't this guy go first then? <laughs> He's like, not. I mean, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, whether you agree with this or not, but it's the, the fact is, it's like, yeah, this, this is kind of crazy, you know? And I mean, realistically, they're saying we don't have enough resources, but it's like we, we, we 100% do. It's just that our resources are being hoarded by corporations and companies and big oil and everything. Well, else, and, so. and also, you know, Elon's perspective on these things. So I like kind of listening to the guys are very different than other people. He's like, yeah. we have enough resources for like, like too, too long, like forever. Yeah, we basically. really do. Yeah. And, 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 and they're complaining about this as if there's no resources. Like, where's that coming from? You know, it's not like he's a dumb dude. So he's giving you a right. different perspective. And this is why I think he's getting so attacked. You know, not that I agree with everything he says, because I really yeah. don't. But I still yeah, like I don't either. I like yeah. listening to him. I like listening to conversations he's in because it like it's interesting where he's coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like anybody that is at that status has probably sat in and a lot of like. Small private meetings with very extremely powerful yeah. and influential people and at that point you know you kind of start seeing the world a little bit differently well and and i okay agreed but what's so interesting about what you just said is we know he's been involved yeah. in some of these 100%. smaller meetings we know that like how do you get to be in charge of spacex and some of these other things if you aren't aware of what some of these other people are doing. So why is his perspective so different? Like, is there, is there a rift between different ruling parties here? You know, I mean, there's, there's stuff that he knows stuff. He, 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 he's not saying that he knows stuff, but he knows stuff, you know, like he, he and others are after the same things. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're, the stuff that they research. I mean, like, dude, the, the guy is like, he, he's innovating space. He has a boring company to drill into the earth. <laughs> There's definitely stuff going on here, you know? Well, yeah, I remember, I think it was 2012 or 14. I mean, he, he actually had blueprints plan for a underground um, railroad railway system. That, yeah, he's that, got it. He's got it. I think they've already thing. got it. Yeah, I mean, he, he already, he's like, we could do this. He's like, I, I already have, all, you know, and then he even went to the government and said, you know, we can actually build this. I know exactly what to do. It would work. You know, you could travel from New York to L.A. and then just like a couple hours on this train underground, you know, and, but, um, you yeah, know, it never went off the uh, 
And then he then he released it publicly. He was just like, well, here, you know, if, if maybe somebody yeah, else. It, they it, say it never it. went off anywhere, but everybody knows that they have an underground train. Yes, emergency one. And that is exactly the what the Denver International Airport is. That's why it goes so deep. And that is the station that people are going to go to. Yeah, there's so many people that we talk to, uh, talk have talked to that have referenced it, and and it's just kind of like it's kind of like among the elite. It's just one of those things that everyone knows. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we had that. Now you know, if that wasn't enough, this article came out on New York Post this week. Mika, the world's first AI human robot CEO. I can't believe this. Okay, man. now there's a lot of weird things going on with this. All right, but we're gonna go through each of them one at a time, and I want to read this to you because because we have to discuss some of these bizarre Dude, this is so scary what yeah. what what she's showing on the screen like oh my gosh this is the, all right this so is mika really is a research out. project between hansen robotics and listen to this polish rum company dictator that's the name of their company dictator who customized the ceo to represent the company and its unique values Ugh. in a in a dictator company video mika said Ooh. that Quote, with advanced artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms, I can swiftly and accurately make data-driven decisions, unquote. However, there is a significant delay in the time it takes me to process and respond to your question. Hanson Robotics CEO David Hanson, who played a key role in employing Mika at Dictator, emphasized the importance of humanizing artificial intelligence. Quote, I feel very strongly that we need to teach AI to care about people for AI to be really safe, to be really, really good. I think humanizing that is a very important direction, Hanson said. How about you don't do that, Hanson? Yeah, I, I mean, okay, I can see they wanna test this out, like maybe a specific role to, to see, but it's like, oh, we're just gonna instantly put this person, this not person, but this robot at, at, at a CEO level, like immediately. It's like, yeah, what? Now, and if you, if you, we're curious about this. Hanson Robotics is the same company that developed Sophia, their most advanced human-like oh, robot who spoke Sophia. to the UN. And, you know, yeah. I was talking about this earlier. They let Sophia speak at the UN. Don't people at the UN have better things to do than listen to a half, like, disabled robot talk nonsense? Like, don't you have problems in the world to fix rather than listen to this thing? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, how much time do you have together? And you're listening to this thing talk to you? Like, give me a break. Is that's that terrible. real, that Lindsay? But is that real or is that like a... Uh... That's real. This that's is real. Crazy. This is real and terrifying. Yeah. Super like, terrifying. It's, what, is the, what is that phrase when you're like looking at something that's like supposed to be human and it's not what is it and no no when you're looking at something that's human and everything inside of you is like run for your life you're like terrified of it because it doesn't look human enough it's like it's that like in between state there's a word for that i can't remember what it is right now but i'm sure it's the uncanny valley that's what it is uncanny valley. it's like whenever i look at sophia i'm just thinking like 100 uncanny valley like they're trying to make it look human. They're not there yet. And it's just terrifying. Run for your life. Okay, so what is also interesting in this this guy, David Hansen, Ben, um, he took an artificial intelligence class at uh, nearby Brown University. Um, he, was, he went to school at RISD, 
Okay. And in 1995, he focused an independent study project on out of body experiences. The man who took mistook his girlfriend for a robot. Like what? He actually (laughs) studied out of body experiences, which is kind of interesting. Building a remotely operated human head on a retractable five foot stock. The head, which he sculpted as a self-portrait, wheeled from room to room and chatted with people via remote operator. The idea was always hanging in my mind of turning a sculpture into a smart, sentient being, he says. Mm. It's weird. That whole thing is terrifying. It really is. Like, I I just, uh, I don't know. And and again, you know, I'm, I'm more worried about people... I mean, it's, it's like, why would Microsoft, because Microsoft bought OpenAI, why would they fire the entire ethics team? You know, like when Elon, because here's, here's the thing, when Elon did that, but that was the team that was not doing what they were supposed to within Twitter. And then, you know, here you have um, Microsoft firing the entire ethics team and then, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. And it's like, wait a minute, you just fired your whole team that, that, deals with ethics for AI and now, now who's like, no one's watching over this. anymore. <laughs> so what are you programming in this stuff? And I, and I think that's, that's like, you know, hopefully, I, I mean, that, that's what I've always said, you know, it really depends on who's building this, you know, we, we've always kind of talked about that. So it, it was kind of nice to hear it. People are like people in the industry now actually talking about this too. Um, and the code is always the most important thing, but then it's like, what the, it can the AI, like what happens if the AI is able to access, not alone, not even access his code, but what, what happens if it understands how to change its own coding? Well, it will be, it will, that's yeah. what it will do. It's going to yeah. look at itself and try to improve itself. Cause any, anything, any sentient being is going to try to improve itself if <clears throat> they're intelligent and they're in their right mind. Right. Whether it be like for survival. I mean, look at it. Even if you're if your survival depends on eating, you're trying to better yourself on your hunting tactics, on your speed, on your agility, on whatever it is. If you're if you're within a civilized community, you're trying to improve yourself based on your intelligence, your skill set, making yourself better than other people in certain regards to make yourself more desirable. An AI is going to try to do the same thing. Right now, luckily, the AI are stuck in mostly big data machine learning, like that area. They haven't really mm-hmm. crossed over into full-on AI, artificial intelligence, where it can it can really make its own decisions, really. Um, and even when I see it choosing things a lot of times or creating things, it's always still bumbling around doing kind of like, bizarre things which is good for us but Mm -hmm. you never know when that might change right yep all right you guys we're going to show another trailer for rice tv and we get back we'll talk about some ancient civilization stuff sounds fun art ape art human hybrid cyborgs and terminator technology already existing Sentient robots becoming indistinguishable from people. No, it's not the plot of the new Matrix movie. This is our reality. 
transhumanist one. How does transcending humanism tie into eugenics, Darwinism, and even cloning? Is there any part of our world that transhumanism hasn't touched? Is resistance futile? How can we rage against the machine? I didn't want to go public without evidence because I knew no one would believe me. The entire incident happened about five to six minutes in total. And my mom shouts really loud, oh my God, what is that? What is that? At no point did the two men in black or the Air Force gentlemen ask my mother or her friends what did they see? They looked human, but they did weird things. The men in black, they said, you will report it as a helicopter crash, or we will take your son away. The men in black play the narrative and the media outlets skew it back out. This was 1991 Project Mockingbird in full effect. Well, you guys, again, you can find that over on Rise.tv. Um, that last one was our interview with um, Robert Earl White, who has just mind-blowing experience with uh, documentation to back back up his claim about a UFO that crashed in behind his home. So um, his mo- his mother actually uh, she died kind of recently, and when she died, oh. he just, that's when he decided to uh, tell the story. Tell the story, yeah, and we had him on our show, and he talked about all of it. So pretty amazing. Yeah, and then before that, we had a transhumanism series that we were we were showing you guys. And man, if you don't, there's four episodes in that series. If you don't have like an idea of how deep this transhumanism stuff goes back in our history, leading up to today, um, or just how prevalent it is in our society right now. Mm-hmm. You owe it to yourself to check out this particular series because it will bro- blow your mind. It's It's got a lot more to do than just AI and electronics. I mean, we're talking about like the like biology, like crazy things like experiments, all kinds of stuff that people are just not aware of. So definitely check out this series if you haven't. And um, yeah, now I think... We've got to talk about Vikings. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I didn't really realize this until today, Ben. But yeah. for some reason, first of all, I think our scientists are stupid. I think actually <laughs> yeah. our, all of our human race, our archaeologists, we're all yes. really dumb because we don't admit that we don't know because we weren't there. Yeah. Okay. Like any, any 
race or any group that is creating highly advanced or sophisticated weaponry is going to be creating like I'm talking about swords here. So if you're creating really amazing swords, which the Vikings did, you're working with hot, like very, very hot temperatures in order to create these swords and you're pounding this into place. Why would we think that them or the Egyptians would not have discovered windows? That's the first thing you discover is you accidentally put some sand in there and you get glass and you're like, oh, I could see a use case for this. How about I make some windows? Well, Vikings apparently had windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were everyone was thinking that these were just like these open uh, windows that that like they had in their huts or their houses or whatever they were making. But no, they actually had glass, according to this article. Um, and, you know, because glass or these windows are usually associated with medieval churches and castles, you know, basically meaning Norsemen dignitary satin rooms lit up by apertures with glass. Danish researchers said Thursday. So the glass panes can be dated from long before the churches and castles of the Middle Ages with which glazed windows are associated, they said. This is yet... Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Oh no, well, I was just going to say it's so interesting because you, well, okay, if you think about the Vikings, yeah, they they, they were master craftsmanships, right? I mean, master masons, They're, I guess yes. you could say. Yes. They, they they really knew how to um, make swords really really well. You have to have something really super hot, you know, they, and they, they to to make the steel that they were they were using. So from that perspective, it's quite possible that like sand or whatever acts, you know, this could even be an accident, right? You get sand in there and all of a sudden glass comes out and you're like, Hey, we could probably use this for something. And then, you you know, you, you, you just figure out how to do that. And I'm sure like there's some divine inspiration that happened through this too. I don't think anything is just like an accident, you know, or I accidentally found this or whatever, you know, I think everything is there for a reason. Um, and I think it's more, it's kind of like dinosaurs, you know, it's kind of the same way. It's like, it, it's, it's fun to portray things as like something, wow, really scary and, and, you know, horrifying. It's like, you know, the, the T-Rex in a way. And then reality, when you, from other scientists and paleontologists point of view, um, they have a very different understanding of what the T, who the T, what the T-Rex was. Uh, you know, a lot of them don't think it was this terrifying dinosaur that ate everything. It was more of a scavenger than anything else because it couldn't see, you know, and, and right. the most important thing for a predator is its eyesight. So how, how can something well, and, and it's like, can't see? I think people give scientists way too much like credit or something. It's not like because you're a scientist, you understand, you understand biology of any sort or how like different animals would would operate or work in the wild. Like you're just a scientist studying a bone or blood or whatever. Like enough with you inflating how much you know about stuff. Like give me a break. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like like look at Egypt. Egypt work with metal, right? They think Egyptians didn't have glass. You're telling me that a civilization 
with sand all around them and fire enough to make metal material didn't accidentally stumble on glass that we have no record of now because hey glass deteriorates once it breaks yeah that's true too destroyed well the other and the other factor is that when when the great pyramids you know the, the three main ones were built um you know obviously we we now really believe that it's probably more like 12,000 years ago. And that was, it was, it was probably all lush and beautiful and, you know, full of full plant life and everything else. And, you know, more of like a rainforest and, you know, and then thousands of years later, everything dries up. But, um, but still even, but I mean, there's like, when you really dive into the great pyramids, they, there's a lot of um, different scientists and, and historians that talk about how they believe that there was some kind of glass, plates on the pyramids whether it's like made of crystal or actual glass um you know and and you can find a lot of references of this and you know supposedly they were really shiny and beautiful from the outside and then you know but like you said if it's made of glass and like some catastrophe happens then all of that's going to break off (laughs) and there won't be any record of it (laughs) so so yeah but i mean it, it you know we we all yeah it's 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 really weird and then like the romans too when you really like they were so sophisticated for for what they were doing you know the romans were incredible like they incredibly sophisticated like i i it would not surprise me at all if their technology was more advanced than what we're aware of right now i i 100 on, on many levels yeah and, and i don't mean electronics or computers but like just more advanced than what we think. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't build things the way that they built things and not have some knowledge of of something from an ancient time. I mean, they're 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 the Colosseum is built with self-healing uh cement or it like what? <laughs> like come on. What's that <laughs> recipe for that that cement, you know? Yeah, the one that can that can self-heal itself. Yeah. It's like Man, you know, I mean, one, either either they don't want to bring that out because, you know, these companies would lose money or two, they, they it's just lost in history. <laughs> well, I think I think also most cement companies are probably um, uh, bought and paid for by the mafia. Think about it. I mean, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. What do I they mean, hide in that cement? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> bury yeah. somebody um yeah so this is Lindsay pulled this up researchers revealed the the secret of self-healing roman concrete so as rob was talking about this yeah i mean they, they found that you know when when this concrete has cracks in it or chips or anything like the concrete itself is made to slowly heal those cracks over time and and it's like you know <laughs> why can't we have that today <laughs> You know, like a while ago, I was like, after the hurricane hit Florida, I was kind of using this as a reference. I'm like, it's so crazy that this hurricane just wiped out so many cement buildings, yet the Coliseum still remains after like two, you know, whatever, 2000 well, years. Well, right. Any, any, um, any ruler who was in charge knew that if he wanted something to go on for as long as possible, he would, he would carve it out of stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at our civilization. It's crap. 
It's just, it's like stuff that's going to go away within a few hundred years, basically. There's nothing left. Right. There's nothing left for the future and the things that have been created, you know? So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, other glass in ancient civilizations, we found accounts in an in in 1800s newspaper articles of excavations being done on the Nubian pyramids. They yeah. were finding ancient glass made into beautiful jewelry even back then. And when the discovery was made, people didn't believe it then either because they thought, hey, ancient people, they didn't know how to do things like glass working. They're ancient. Only our only we're civilized and know how to do that. Like you were there, dude. Come on. <laughs> These are the Nubian pyramids there. I mean, pretty pretty advanced looking, this whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how really there's pyramids found all over our world, um, mostly in the oceans, though. You know, a lot of them still haven't been, uh, um, you know, like discovered out, uh, I mean, outside. I mean, there's some that have, and then, of course, like the ones in, uh, Antarctica that we always talk about that, that look very similar to um, like when you compare the, the, the Egyptian pyramids to the ones in, in Africa or um, Antarctica, it almost looks like they, they, they match perfectly mm -hmm. in alignment with each other. So um, yeah. So it looks like these are way older than, you know, what we think they are. So yeah, all of this is so so cool when you really start uncovering all of this, but it, it's, it, but it's hard. It's, you know, like we're saying, like these scientists are, are it's like someone, it's like you, you were just saying, like someone looks at one dinosaur bone and is like, okay, this animal is like this. And then it's like set in stone that if anybody, you know, looks at it from a different perspective, another scientist comes and was like, well, why don't we look at it from over here? It's like, nope, I already wrote this book on it. This is the way it is. You know, <laughs> and that's it. It's done. There's no more to look at. <laughs> well, it also, it kind of makes, it kind of cracks me up when they find these skulls, they'll find these skulls in the ground of the, what they consider ancient humans. And they always make them look like dumbass cavemen. And it's like, <laughs> you didn't see that guy. You're, well, this is our best rendering from what we can see with this skull and the shape of the skull. You don't know that. Yeah. You really don't. Stop it. Please stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. I don't know. It's just there's so much stuff like that. And I think with the dinosaurs, too. And there's and then there's so much that they're not telling us either on mm -hmm. top of that. Right. Yeah. yeah there true. you go. There's there's what <laughs> based off of the skulls that they found. This is what how they look. That's hilarious. And, and there's so much we don't even know about. It's so like, OK, we're aware that, you know, for instance, very funny in Mexico, right? There was a red race. There was a red race there in in the well, I shouldn't say Mexico, but like the Central America to South America area. Right. They're no longer here. I, I think it was actually in Africa. It was more like the. the no. The yeah, red, yeah, no. Yeah. We're talking about the Incas, the Mayas, all of that stuff. That we're we're seeing all of that artwork in that area of a of a race of red people that no longer exist the same way. It's like they mixed with, and now we've got you know different people around there. But it's like, mm -hmm. how would you? We don't even know what these folks looked like because we weren't there at the time. You know, they're they're 
Well, well, there's Mayan people that 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 still sure Mayan. They they look very different than than like regular Mexican people. I mean, if you're in Mexico, you know, you can tell the difference between a Mayan. Like Mayans actually have a little bit more slightly of an Asian look to yeah. them, actually. That's right. Um, yeah, because because it, it looks like they, they might have uh, once upon a time kind of came from that. But my understanding was the true Egyptian people were a little bit more of a red race. And Maybe they're they're like they they're the ones that you know because also like they they um mixing with other races and whatnot over time. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it kind of got lost. most races are all mixed. I mean, it is now, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be, there's everything yeah. in there. I mean, I, I've heard even even the Romans looked a little different than than like your average. Yeah, I mean, you ever see photos of them Asian. with those like weird bang haircuts? Yeah, that guy's got to stop, man. <laughs> Not stylish at all. Yeah, it would be really interesting to go back in the past, like two thousand years, really to see how you know people. And, I know and the, we're all it's like everyone kind of argues about like oh you know this or that or this and it's like you know it really in reality it's like th these areas like look, look at that person's like yeah, yeah their, their eyes and their no i mean granted like this is just a um thing. yeah it's hard to know whether or not the artist like this was considered like beautiful and that's why they would always make everyone look templated beautiful but it's like that is a massive wide cranium yeah i've, I've like, heard yeah that is I, that is like caesar mark zucker caesar and what what I have read is like Our their noses were, were a little bit not I don't want to say bigger, but they're they were, they were just slightly different than your average nose, like the the Romans. But yeah, have you um, ever seen an Italian nose, Ben? <laughs> Huge. That's funny. Well, some of them are. Yeah. Some of them, I guess. Everybody in my family has a big nose, and when when I was born, my mom was like. You're finally someone in her family that doesn't have a huge nose. And then I and then I hit puberty and my nose was like, whoop. That's crazy. and my mom was like, Yeah, your nose got a lot. It's funny. All right. Should we go over to uh rise.tv and get to uh questions and top 10 weirder news of the week? Absolutely. Let's do it. So uh for all of you guys at home. Um, we're going to head over to rise.tv. We're going to do uh, a Q&A, and then we're going to hit the top 10 weirder news of the week. And if you'd like to support our work, uh, highly recommend you subscribe to rise.tv. There's over 400 videos there. Any kind of topic that you might be interested in, it's a beautiful platform. Why don't you just support us, please? Thank you. Um, yeah, so anyway, we'll head over there, and then you can, if you do subscribe, you can um, get into the chat with our awesome rise.tv audience who just is super cool and and fun and um we love those guys so um yeah all right well thank you guys for being with us and we'll see you over at rise.tv war conquest death most world war ii historians will highlight the politics of the time but gloss over the truth behind Hitler's quest for power. The blood-spattered trail the Nazis smeared across the globe cannot be forgotten even today. But what if details were lost in the aftermath of the manic effort to create a Third Reich? Or what if they were left out of the history books on purpose? 
What if the Nazis were searching for something else? Particular artifacts Hitler had researched feverishly in his darkest days. Objects so extraordinary, he believed they held the answer to world domination. Objects that had the power to change the course of history itself. These were the relics of power. Of all the relics the Nazis sought to find, there was one valued above the rest. One that would secure the destiny of their rule and guarantee it for a thousand years to come. One with a history that began in antiquity. The most mysterious of all the relics. The Spear of Destiny. Get your questions ready, because it's time for our live Q&A session, exclusively on Rise.tv. 